This is Abnormal Entertainment. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. You're listening to the No Cry Zone, a progressive political podcast on the Abnormal Entertainment Network. We're ready. All right. Here we go. It's a post-Christmas melee, I believe. Um, yeah, it's a No Cry Zone. Uh, John's here, Rob's here, I'm here. The eggnog is now hitting <laughs> from three days ago. It's, uh, it is a Thursday of, so this would be, just to, to time stamp this, this is December 27th. Seven. December 27th, post um, uh, Theater of War Trump visit, where he accidentally exposed the faces and location of. Yeah. Right after he got CT5. called out for, for being Corporal Bone Spurs. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> the, did you get, oh, right. Bone spurs. The, the Queen's office, uh, the receptionist, her, her dad was the doctor, and, and she finally claimed clean after the dad died that that was all a big favor for, for Donnie's dad to get him out of the Vietnam War. And was, lo- was his landlord. Yeah, and lo and, and behold, yeah. he's over there visiting the troops yeah. the, next, the next morning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So that, um, I mean, it's been a semi-slow-ish Trump fiasco week for him. Right. You know, only one or two, like, major bombshells per well, week. Well, he had the big Christmas Eve sell-off, okay, then yesterday back up over a 1,000 points, which to me is the market going, no, it's not. Everything's fine, because mm-hmm. uh, the market's still fundamentally unstable. And down 400 you know. this morning. And... Uh, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so yesterday was essentially, market-wise, was just bargain hunting by people. Who are like, These stocks are so low, I can't not buy them. Right. It's, the, it's the, you know, buy two, get one free. Well, I can't, I'm losing, I'm going to lose money if I don't buy these two. You right. Know? <laughs> yeah. uh, poppers are two for six, and so are stocks right now. <laughs> so that's, um, I mean, socially, he didn't make too many screw-ups this week. No, the seven-year-old um, kid. Yeah, well, he kind of outed what, what Santa. What are we putting, what do you mean, why? kid. <laughs> why are we putting him on the telephone with children? <laughs> Well, yeah, what hey, the fuck was that? That's a parenting fail right there. If you're allowing your child to talk to, to the president, to Donald Trump, about Christmas, knowing full well that yeah. he's not the, he didn't meet you know the little who girl. Yeah. He never had that that moment of, of genuflection to turn into a wise and wonderful human being. So he's going to out Santa Claus to a seventy. Your kid deserved it. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you're an it's, asshole parent. It's hard to deny that that is true. Now, and did I, they know they're going to be calling that, in to I, talk to Trump, or was it just to talk to? Nora? I don't know. Supposedly, I'm not quite sure. So basically, these are children. They call the NORAD hotline to talk to Santa. Mm-hmm. Now, whether he just intercepted one of the calls, like, <laughs> ah, let me talk to one of these kids, uh, <laughs> or if it was some PR thing that was arranged. Now, in a normal administration. That would be a highly planned maneuver. Mm-hmm. You know, they would have screened. They would have found a kid that's appropriate. They would have, you know, the president would have had a script. You know, not literally a script, but the, right. the president would have had some what basic are, idea of what he's going to say to the fucking kid. guidelines for how to deal with children. <laughs> right. You know, if you're like, you know, Obama raised a couple girls. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
You know, the Clintons raised Chelsea. Uh, you know, H.W. raised those sons. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, they have idea how to speak to children. The, the Santa Claus myth and legend was something that, that was probably a household. I don't think that your Donald ever got the chance to believe in Santa Claus. Probably not. But yeah, yeah, yeah don't believe that bullshit. It's all fake. <laughs> I'll go out there and uh, you know evict some darkies. Like, what the no, so, Dad? But you know, that's a but that's a slow pitch softball for any other president. Yeah, here you go. Here's your <laughs> PR moment. Any other president? Any other president? Knock it any, out. Any? I mean, just pick one. Right. I mean, prior to the whole Santa Claus thing, even Andrew Jackson couldn't fuck that one up. <laughs> so, but not Mr. Trump. I mean, how? How long until he just really takes a lollipop away from a kid and pushes him to the ground? Give me that, kid. Get out of here. White kid? You know. No. Other kid. You know, how about this? Democrat white kid? How about metaphorically, he's already done that with some dead children at the (laughs) border. It's true. Our second child death in In U.S. custody. Mm -hmm. Oops. And then the hearings, she doesn't know the number. (laughs) The, the, The head of. The head of the agency doesn't know how many have oh, been killed under right. her watch. Oh, geez, I don't know. Not like it's a big deal or anything. These crazy kids, crazy people keep coming to our country trying to steal our jobs. They should all die. Someone should steal her job. And then, you know, <laughs> where are our Republican congressmen? Where are our Republican senators to call them out on this? But they don't. They say, oh, that's why we don't want you to come. Because it's dangerous. You shouldn't come. It's dangerous. <laughs> Well, they technically you know, have a point. But at this, this is point. That, this is the culmination of decades of Republican propaganda. They believe their own bullshit now. Yeah. That someone is coming. For your they job. believe it now. They've been fed on this, and now they're spouting it. Yeah, I read a great story. It was a very bad news outlets called Splinter, but the guy writing it was actually pretty damn right on the mark. Is it started off with. Fox News and Cheney and Rumsfeld and, and all the, the Pence and all those guys killing the, the Fairness Doctrine, then Fox News is born and they are using that as their arm. They don't they don't want to have such a strong arm in, in the White House or in Congress. They're letting Fox now do all the screaming for them. It moves on through the story and and instead of them having this arm of spewage onto the masses to get votes is they turn the hose right on themselves and they're just gobbling it down themselves right. now. They're not reading the Wall Street Journal. They're not reading the Standard. They're not reading these actual conservative um, you know, publications that they've you know brought their whole career up on. They're not doing that. They're reading now Breitbart and they're believing it. Our own Congress people, our own people in power are believing they the are stories s- that are complete bullshit. They are so starved for self-justification that they they turn to Fox to see, see it's it's being reported on Fox. Therefore, it's I have my justification. That's all I need. Yeah. They only the thinnest veil of 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 justification to then just feel like they can go forward. And frankly, even when they don't get that, they still go forward. But having that thin veil of justification, well, it was reported on Fox, so... And, you know, they, they're so lost in it that they're asking Google, you know, the, the CEO of oh Google, God. what? how come we're getting such bad, you know, coverage on these things? And, you know, <laughs> Ted Lieu is oh. the best one out of that. Yeah. Is like, do positive things, you'll get positive search results. 
these things are contended, is these are points of your policy that are bad, and you can't see it anymore because you're not listening to anybody else but this, this spewage of hate and fear and shucksterism. You know, they're selling Viagra. Even when some of them do see it, and there's moments where, say, Jeff Flake will see it, or a Bob Corker, Corker. will see it, or any one of these other ones, they'll st- like they they're for a moment the the fog clears and they see it and they go oh shit, but yet not enough for them. The, it's enough for them to make some statement that makes them feel better, but not enough to actually do anything. Right. I, I mean, none of these guys, none of them. John McCain may be the only exception to this. Do anything. Well, they're called it. rhinos now. Those, you know, those same right. people in the Republican <clears throat> Party are called rhinos, Republican in name only. That is not what they were. That was not what it was even 15 years ago, even 10 years ago when they were going crazy on the Tea Party shit. It was not who they were. And now they have just completely swallowed it up. And, and what it would take is you would have to change the spout. You would have to actually have Fox News saying, you know, actual factual well, things. That's why I think, and I said this before, I think you've got one easy step, relatively easy, one achievable step, we'll say that, is to go back and implement the Fairness Doctrine. That yeah. We should start having conversations about, that alone will not fix it, but it's it's a necessary first piece. You can't build anything else until that part is fixed. That has to be returned right. to our media. Yep. There has to be some balance in what is being reported. You have to have some responsibility to report a balance. And and I, I you know it's achievable. It wouldn't be easily done, but it can be done. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where you start. Yeah. Do you, do you think that uh, um, when when Fox News was starting and they were deciding on the ideological aspects of it, and they knew that they were going to be a propaganda arm, do you think that anyone? at the time thought that they would be responsible for creating policy. Absolutely. No, I mean like 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 the white the president watching them and basing policy off uh, of that. I, maybe yes. maybe I, not. I can't mess. Yeah. I just watched Cheney last night and it was the birth of that. It was Vice? Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Vice was the uh, but it, it was all about Cheney. I mean yes. it was his big fat face on the screen for a, a whole a whole two hours and ten minutes or something like that. <laughs> just to say everybody, uh, when you go there, if you were like me um, and this was the start of your politics when you kind of woke up and said, what the fuck is going on up there? You will walk out of there like I did last night, the Paul or, or the Todd Jones coming into the into the field out of the bullpen, out of the exit door, slamming it and pissed off. And Oh, my God. I just want to put that out there. But it is a great, a great movie to go watch to refresh yourself on the shit that happened that we are still living with, that our so, president now can still take and use at his will at any point because of the crazy-ass lawyers and Ayers and and Pence and Cheney and Rumsfeld. All of those guys had this plan to change the way America heard the facts. And yes, they did. That was their hope. My question, so you saw Vice, and it was a good movie. Um, Whose agenda is that? Because it's, I mean, it's a Freaking Hollywood movie. There's, uh, there's an agenda. It's, that, it's that group that has the Wednesday meeting. Uh, used to be Nor Nor Norquist. Grover Norquist. Grover Norquist group. Yeah. They were the start of all this. Just you know, doing their PR groups. <clears> doing. <throat> I mean, it was in the Pentagon. They had rooms full of people right. in the Pentagon trying to get what would work, what would play. No, I mean, who's making the movie? See, oh, like I, whose agenda I, I, is this movie? I think that if you want to go back, you talk about Fox and how the. The George W. administration mm-hmm. and Cheney leveraged Fox to 
to for policy ends. Yeah. I think you can go back to the beginning of Fox and Roger Ailes. Don't forget, Roger Ailes was yeah. Richard Nixon's. Uh, uh, he's a strategist for Nixon, yeah. or is he a speechwriter? No, he was a strategist. He was his, TV he was his guy. media. He was his media consultant, yeah. right? He was his TV guy for, for Nixon. Mm-hmm. And Ailes knew what he was doing when mm-hmm. he started Fox. And I think Ailes did know, uh, maybe not to the extent that literally Trump would be getting his intelligence briefing from Fox and Friends yeah, see, in the that's morning. What I'm I don't think anyone. But I think saw he. That. But I think the, maybe not to the specific of that. But I think to the general that Fox could serve as a policy. Proponent for Republican administrations that it would That's be an ally. I think that was Ailes' goal from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Ailes had something to do with getting rid of the fairness doctrine. You know, several years before, because the fairness doctrine went down, I think in '88 or '89. Ailes had something to do with that. I mean, right. and Fox started five, six years, you know, six years later. I think one like you couldn't start Fox. Fox wouldn't be Fox. Let's put it that way. If the fairness doctrine was still in effect, you got to get rid of that first. Mm-hmm. So, and the thing is, is the, the, and I do definitely want to go see Vice, although I was talking to my dad last night, very politically active, progressive guy, my dad, and he was saying, like, he just can't bring himself, he's like, I just can't, I just can't see it, because I just, I lived it, (laughs) you know, I'm like, I lived it too, you know, but it was just, like, the the weariness on his face of, like, I just cannot, I cannot bear to see this, uh, you know, like, you were saying how you came out slamming the door, (laughs) my dad would walk out about halfway through slamming the door. I was close, I was close, Uh, you know, you know, (laughs) but, um, but, uh, so, the, the blundering malfeasance of the George W. Bush administration and Cheney and that whole gang has now been papered over by the Trump fucking monstrosity now. And and no one realizes, like, the Trump monstrosity, in other words, the, the, the shit bloom that is Trump is growing out of the manure pile that was the George W. Bush era. Right. Okay. The, the turd blossom? The turd blossom thing. <laughs> oh, yes, you're right. That's right. Sorry. Much better uh, phraseology. So that, that, that layer of shit was laid down. You wouldn't have Trump without that era. And the, the crimes, the literal crimes of that administration, are now forgotten. Wasn't that Rummy's nickname? No, that was uh, Carl Rose. 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 Yeah. yeah, Rose was Turd Blossom. Yeah, Turd Blossom. <laughs> was, is, is. Yeah, and that was the funny thing, you know, is, is what people didn't realize about that administration was it was the vice president's administration. It was not Oh, everyone Bush's. realizes. Um, it, was, it was, I mean, he those advisors that Bush had were outmaneuvered by Cheney's advisors, and, and the, the lobbyists that Bush brought along were outmaneuvered by the lobbyists that Cheney brought along. And all of it is, just like you said, this this continual bootlicking, um, trying to get ahead and and give it to Cheney as he was the quiet, strong man in that environment that realized it was a time to strike. I mean, he, he was, if you want to give something to, to Donald, as he is that same person. He realized that now is the time to strike. I wish and, he was quiet. And, and <laughs> I wish he was quiet, but, and, you know, I was thinking that when I left and I was driving home all pissed off looking for alcohol or <laughs> a hooker or something. <laughs> trying to forget what I just saw. Dick Cheney made you want to get hookers and blow? <laughs> You're a Republican, man. <laughs> um, 
But as I was driving home, I realized that, that the same power, the same power uh, play is, in, is happening. Is, is Bush was ineffective and a, a partier and a goofball, and Pence is the quiet guy, quietly doing religious things behind the scene, taking power from from Trump in, in essence. Um, and I'm sure that will come to a head sooner or later because Trump isn't the same kind of personality as Bush was. To let so this is an interesting. I mean, people have, have thought about this, but uh, do you think like Pence is the smartest guy in the room? Where you sit in there and he's like, he sees the shit show happening, agrees to jump on the circus. We all made fun of him for it. I'm like, this can't last. Smartest guy? No. A smarter guy than Trump? For sure. I mean, just in terms of, like, everyone's like, oh, man, Pence made this huge mistake. He's like, no, I didn't. I I, I think, is Trump a, I mean, is Pence a schemer? Yes. I mean, and and does he, my God, who knows what is truly in his mind or his heart, but my guess is. (laughs) He doesn't have one. That's a trick question. That's why you don't know. Uh, yeah, that he's 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 scheming behind the scenes to become president. I mean, like Pence, Pence, like the whole time. I mean, like, don't forget, like, saw this. It coming. wasn't that long ago. This guy was a fucking mid-level radio talk show host. Oh yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah, really screwed up. Who, who congressman for a little? He became a congressman yeah. and then became governor. And, and and really, until he became governor, he was on this ascent. Mm-hmm. You know, because his term in Congress. Even though technically he didn't really get anything done, but he was a star of the movement. Then he became governor of Indiana, and this was he had a, he had a play for the White House. This was his play for the White House, mm-hmm. you, and, and he knew most presidents come out of governors' mansions; they don't come out of Congress. And um, so he went to become governor of Indiana as part of his "I'll do my two terms, then I will run for president." And then he fucked up Indiana. I mean, and this star. Trump saved him, mm-hmm. uh, right? In, in that respect, I think Pence is smart enough to know. Yeah, I think he he is smart enough to see that there's a chance for a president Pence to still happen. I mean, I'm thinking, did he see that from the beginning though? Because I mean, this is a shit show, and you know, maybe knowing more about Pence and learning more about Pence, I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is yeah. yeah. He saw this coming down. Look, I I've been saying this now for a while. You know, especially as in the last six months, as the wheels just are coming off this administration, and all the adults in the room, so to speak, have are left. They did pushed out, gone. uh, Is that you know we all we all knew this was going to be a dumpster fire. We all saw it. You knew. I mean, the minute he just, I didn't even prior to the escalator. You know, announcement of you know him coming down and announcing. You knew this guy's going to be it. This guy can't be the president. Come on, you know this will be a clusterfuck. You know it will. And then when he won the the nomination, so you take it all the way up to. So he didn't ask Pence. So he gets the nomination in April of 2016, I think. April May is somehow where he was declared the nominee. And I think he asked Pence a couple months later, like June, well, May, Pence, late May or Pence June. Pence came from Manafort. The Manafort brought Pence. Okay, right. So it was into the summer then of 2016. Mm-hmm. So Pence. So the point is, is that Trump is already the nominee, and I know me and everyone I knew was like going, "Holy fuck! If this guy becomes president, the shit show that will ensue." I mean, Hillary Clinton was saying, "Holy shit! If this guy becomes president, the shit show that will ensue." Every past president okay. said, "Holy shit! <laughs> right. If this guy becomes so, president, the shit show that will." So ensue. why wouldn't Pence? It only goes to say, I, I think it only goes to follow that Pence is smart enough to to have at least in a corner of his mind thought, "Hmm." 
I'm thinking it's more than a corner. This is a win, and it's a win-win for him. Right. Okay. If all I ever become is the vice president, hey, I'm still. I was still the vice president of the United States. I still have some historical. I got out of Indiana. You know, I got the fuck out of Indiana. Before they lynched right, me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and best case, President Pence, you may kiss my ring now. I think President Pence yeah. is my. Presidents, yeah. I am the presidents. <laughs> and you know, after watching, you know, uh, the the previous Republican administration get away with murder, um, torture, get away with all of these things, nobody got prosecuted. I mean, a few, but not for those heinous crimes. I think there is a a whole cadre of people, not all of them, obviously, but a, a whole bunch of people who have their own side hustle going on in their brain and I think the side hustle for Pence was to bring you know all of his religious followers along and give them power which gives him power which makes him you know King Pence at the end of it even if Donald Trump goes down in flames Pence still has that power of his own base that he brought up and and brought these things to light that they were all screaming about and and all of those things will go into history and no one will care after <laughs> you know it, it will just change the the landscape of our, our our country and we'll just keep moving along and and see what happens you know i was talking with someone on facebook a very cordial conversation and we got to the point of you know how donald is lying about everything and this is his typical you know uh mo is you know lie fail and and deflect you know i mean tuesday he was saying i'll take the i'll take the, the heat for the shutdown and by friday he was call, he was blaming the dumps i mean that's three days and he no, changes here's, here's a good thing he's still taking the heat for it too which is the good part people you know not even, by them well i mean the, the, there's 30 percent of the country that's never going to do oh, with anything but uh the rest of the country the remaining 70 percent whether they vocalize it or not mm-hmm. can see that that your party runs everything and we just shut down right and you know the the bigger risk board issues on all of it, it it comes down to the same things that Halliburton was looking for is you know that world dominance of oil that world dominance of the reserves of our planet the world dominance of of you know every aspect of trade you know they want to have their hand in it so that they are set up after they're done being a despicable human being in our government on know? the plus side Trump's ruining that uh, for some for himself for, well, for, well, you know, for for the country, yeah. uh, as, as a dominant country, it's it's not working out that way. Um, you know, the isolationism, the tariffs, all of the world stage diminishment, all of that is, mm-hmm. is playing against. That's exactly the opposite of what Cheney and Halliburton wanted. They wanted the dominance, you know, mm-hmm. fingers in everywhere in the mm-hmm. world. And now we've pulled all those fingers back. Um, so what do you guys think about uh, the pullout in uh, Syria? Gift. Give to you. I will give you a gift. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when 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 all of your allies go, what the fuck are you doing? And your your Secretary of Defense goes, well, fuck that, I'm out of here. But Putin goes, hey, great idea. I mean, what else do you need to say about this? And, and Saudis I mean, right after. Oh, yeah, yeah don't worry, and we'll the, clean the, up and the now, mess. And now the Turks, and then he's like, oh, the Turks will, the, he tweets out about how the Turks will provide great security. Meanwhile, once again, once again, the United States has fucked the, the Kurds. Kurds. 
We have fucked the Kurds. Yeah. I don't know how many motherfucking times the Kurds are going to line up for that fucking football, and the U.S. is standing there going, Oh, we got you, buddy. Come on at it. And then we fuck them. We fucked them in the original Gulf War. We fucked them in the Iraq War. And now we're fucking them now every fucking time we do this. And, uh, oh, well. I mean, and so no one cares. Most Americans, I'm sorry, are ignorant of where Syria is, much less why it's important. Well, they, they don't conceptualize it, and they don't they don't care. And they don't care. They don't care. No one cares. <laughs> well, here's the and, and, and Trump. You have Trump. Uh, just uh, so yeah. just, let me just finish. So so Trump visits the troops in Iraq yesterday, and. Okay, so first of all, he's had this, you know, people have been dogging him about how he hasn't visited troops in a war zone. So he, you, you imagine he's like, well, I'll show them, fuck them. <laughs> you know, I love the fact that while he's on the flight over there, it was an 18-hour flight, while he's on the flight over there, that article breaks about the, the bone spurs. So I just love the fact that while he's en route to Iraq, it's like, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, he and knew about so, that story. They, oh, the reporter okay. has to call Right, get, right. But they knew it was coming. Okay. Yeah, they knew it was coming. So nonetheless, and then... He gets there, and, you know, he can't speak even... He starts talking about the U.S. being suckers. Have you heard the soundbite? And I'm like, this is our president speak. Oh, my God. You know, we're not going to be suckers anymore, because Americans are suckers. We're not going to be suckers. I'm like, if you say fucking suckers one more goddamn time. I mean, oh, my God. So, the thing is, is that even when he fulfills this thing, that any like, it's like talking to the kid on the NORAD line... Even when he's doing, like, okay, here's a simple thing that any president can do. Again, it should be a knock out of the fucking park to go visit troops in a combat zone. You go there, you give a short speech about thank you for your sacrifice, and, you know, da-da-da-da. You dish out some fucking meals to him in the line. That's how it's done for the photo op. If you put mashed potatoes on the fucking sergeant's plate next, you snap the picture... Get the fuck back on the plane and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. No, he's got to go there, and he makes it a fucking campaign. Everything is a rally. Yeah, handing out hats. <sighs> handing out fucking MAGA hats. You know, and, and, mobsters are... are, are what was I, it? I just, mobsters are governing America. Mobsters are more subtle. <laughs> Absolutely. They really are. are you mobsters kidding me? are far more subtle. God, God, he had some class. Okay? I mean... Yeah. We got this. This is. It's not a mobster rule. Now. This is a fucking three ring circus. Now, it's a ring leader and the elephants and the clowns and the trapeze artists. And it was brought to my attention that it does kind of all circle back around to what I read from Tom Hartman. The crash of 2016 is it. It, it is a concerted effort to keep wages low, to keep hours high, to make life uncertain for the middle class mm-hmm. in order that they aren't going to go home and have leisure time on Sunday to watch the news shows and, and listen to the policy and listen to the, 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 the arguments back and forth and, and make you know decisions based on that. They just don't fucking care anymore because when they get off work, they want to go have fun. They're going to go play with their family. They're going to turn off politics because they don't get that leisure time anymore to engage in, in intellectualism, you know, to, to actually do any of those things that makes our democracy great, which, which if you're a Republican, you, you're always, you know, talking about the Constitution and, and all of those things, and those were people of leisure who were scholars, 
and, and thinkers and, and intellectuals that created this document listening to. You know, I, watched, I was listening to NPR, there was a, a historian who's really trying to put together a, a full history. It used to be, you know, you, when you got out of power, you, you put your history of the, the America out there. We haven't done that for 30 years. It's, it's very polarized because there's all these different voices. This one woman's really trying to put that together about, you know, this is, you know, the, the whole ball of wax really makes a difference and you have to look at it all to understand this one little thing and that's where the complexity just turns people off. It just, we are a complex nation. We are a bunch of crazy humans who all think that we're right and all think that our way is the only way and that's what America is and that's what got us to this point but it is ruthless at points. You know, she brought up the point of, you know, uh, 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 what was it, uh, 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 voting where people don't know what your vote is. What is that? Uh, uh, I can't think of the word. But anyway, where it used to be you'd go to the town square and everybody knew what you were voting on. Oh, I'm voting Republican and then all the Democrats would come over and kick your ass. Well, what that was, in essence, why it went through was they knew if, you know, people who couldn't read got to a voting booth, they wouldn't know what to do. And it was actually, it was actually in their own benefit to make it uh, anonymous voting, you know, so that these people who couldn't read couldn't read the, the bills that were being passed. They would just check a box. Oh, yeah, I'm for this guy. And it goes round and round and round and round, and the complexity is what turns people off. And gets me all riled up, obviously. <laughs> wow. Seriously depressing, too. Well, and <laughs> there are some out there. I mean, there's three at this table that I, I really think try to give credence to the other side. I, I watch Shep. I sometimes will watch the Sunday shows with Wallace. I'll, I'll, I'll do these other things that at least indoctrinate me to the things that they're saying, you know, on the other side and how different they are and the facts that they come up with and how they cherry pick things. And then you can go back to this side and they're playing the same game. So you, you kind of have to go, oh, well, somewhere in the middle is the truth. But you have to think of that truth all by yourself. It isn't someone telling you, this is what the truth is, believe it, you know. Right. We're being told it's so much easier. It is. It's, it's, it goes back to that we work too much and we're working two jobs and we're worried about our kids' health care. It goes back to our educational system, too, because now, you know, like I get a bunch of students in, say the freshmen at college now, and they get to me, they've had 12 years of being told just to shit, sit there and shut up. And I want them to start thinking and talking about mm -hmm. things, and they're completely unprepared for it. They don't know how to do that. And, right. and more importantly, they won't do it because they're afraid of you know a bad grade or being wrong or failure. And the concept that just thinking about things is the win is so far beyond the pale, they can't comprehend it. Um, and that's just, that's, you know, 50, 60 years in the making right there. Mm -hmm. You know, old school school marm stuff. Sit down, shut up, listen to me. And it doesn't matter, you know, what it is. Now it's even worse with standardized testing as opposed to critical thinking skills. Uh, because now it's just, you know, uh, memorize these things and, and get this through. Uh, but that's where we're at. And there's the... It, it, yeah, in, in small part, it is. there's a stigma uh, involved with intellectualism, too. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know the elite and you know how, how Obama took all that shit for actually being a really smart guy. Yeah. 
Um, and that's just a fear of, of something people don't understand. Right. That's all that is. But, yeah, this is where we're at. So if no one's thinking... Well, I, you know, I just was relating to a story to you the other day about my daughter's school, and her, she gave a presentation, and she mm-hmm. did a great job. Okay, but one of the <laughs> other students, yeah, <laughs> you know, whatever. Well, I, yeah, 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 I expected it. I'm biased. Besides <laughs> the rest, of the yeah. shoes, they all sucked except her. But, but, okay, here, but the thing that really <laughs> stuck with me, and your response to it was like another part of it, though, was the the worst of the presentations that I saw was the senior presentations, and the worst one I saw was horrible, inaccurate facts. Grammar misspellings in their PowerPoint. It's just horrible. Like, what the fuck? And the kid had the most confidence What of all of them. Just came out there, just, yeah! And it was just, his presentation was like, you're like, yes, I'll buy ten! You know, I mean, he just, <laughs> the presentation was just, you know, he was all happy and smiling and everything he was, he said it with absolute conviction. He was talking about the television coverage of World War II. I'm sitting there going, there was no fucking television coverage of World War II, but never mind. Anyway, the point being, so I really was relating this to David. You're like, they always are. The ones with the most confidence almost always have the least amount to back it up. And I feel like it was it was such a it was just such a, 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 a just an example of where our politics is. I mm-hmm. mean, the people that are the zero content. It's all in presentation. There's yeah. like nothing behind it whatsoever, and all everyone sees is the presentation, and they assume, well, they seem very confident about it, so it must be true, and without like thinking, well, no, maybe it's all fucking bullshit. Yeah, which it is, or they just want to be entertained. Yeah, or they do what Rob's saying. Right. Why think about it? That guy's entertaining. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet Trump will be fun. Yeah. Vote. Yep. I, probably, <laughs> yeah. Because here's the thing: the, the the biggest, the one thing that you know, everyone that voted for Trump and most, you know, I think a great many people believe, even people who didn't vote for Trump, is that this is the United States. It'll always be this badass. It's it's it stirs the drink. That's just who we are. It's all gonna you know be like that forever. And yeah, no, that's not how it works. But that's the prevailing thought. You know, there's right. a bunch of you know the. I could see uh, uh, the Bernie Bros are a great example. You know, can't get my guy. Okay, I'm not going to do anything at all. And the back of their mind, oh, we'll still persist. We're still going to be badass. I'm just going to, you know, give people my ideas how things should work. And it doesn't work out like that at all. No, it really doesn't. Well, and now see Rome. And well, and uh, speaking of the Bernie Bros, and now you're seeing them go after Beta O'Rourke yeah. to try and take this guy down. <laughs> and you're like, what the. F- Fuck, why are we attacking? Oh, Jesus. Well, we're not. There's, they're, they're, I'm yeah. telling you, there's not, it's not a two-party system. We're in a six-party system. Well, I wish... Easy. Well, I mean, I think we always have been. I've, I've talked about that a couple of times, that the Democratic Party used to have these huge rifts and factions oh, across there. the country just because they were the, the, the players in power and going back to everybody has their, their own side hustle going on, mm-hmm. so you're not going to look up. You know, you're not gonna, the only thing you're looking up for is are they looking at me? Are they are they finding out my side hustle? You're not going to try and take your power that you have and afflict it on someone more powerful than you. You're going to try and take them out. You're going to if you find a, a card that you can play that will hush them up or put them on your side. But that's the system that we play in, and and that's the the broken part. And it has been. That's just human nature since Rome, since, you know, Greece. I mean, really, it's all the same shit. It's all the same human nature shit of trying to be the most powerful in the room. Um, And that's what's going to bring the downfall of our whole planet. I mean, it really is. Well, I mean, well, yeah, sort of. 
I mean, the, like humanity shall persist, probably. Maybe I don't know the ones who, the ones who crawl <laughs> in holes out. after right. whatever apocalypse I mean, is coming. Whatever yeah. species comes and, and terraforms the planet later, the same issues will happen. But the, are we? So what? We're, I think about the, the kid that did the presentation and how he was probably told, like you said, that you know, this is inaccurate and refused to change it. Right. Um, and the or no, just didn't care to. Didn't care to. Yeah. yeah. yeah but either I, way. Tomato, tomato on that one, because it didn't happen. Right. And so he rolls out, and what he's learned, because you think deep down, even the Trump supporters know that Trump's full of shit? Yes. Oh, yeah. They do. They do. They can't admit to being wrong in the sense of of policy and and thought, but they're completely 100% right in their own conviction that they want an entertainer. And so he's seeing that the hustle, this kid, if he pays attention to anything at all, that uh, people respond... To the hustle, you know the mm-hmm. the, uh, the, uh, the 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 show. So what we're left with, you know, why did Beto do so well? It wasn't as other people had the same ideologies. His showmanship was great. He's a great showman. Yeah, I mean, but he had substance behind it. But right, the right, showmanship, right? right. He if he was just substance without showmanship, then we would have. Other never, people had the we, same. Substance we would have never heard of the guy. Mona yeah. Shand, right? Same substance, mm-hmm. very progressive, wonderful woman. You know, didn't do so well because, you know, here, well, here. But the, the level of showmanship, too, you know. Yeah. There wasn't any grandiose, which I, th- I think Beto was a little uh, overboard in terms of the, the, the showmanship as well. But that's just a personal taste sort of thing, and I'm not a big fan of it. But it's where the world we live in right now, you know. Yeah. We've got to fight entertainment. Well, entertainment. I mean... It's working for him. I mean, it didn't get yeah, the yeah. Senate seat, but... Uh, it worked in large part. You know, I mean, he was an unknown congressman before, uh, and now they're, you know, he's he's amongst names being talked about for 2020. Right, which is why I'm saying, you know, this is we're in now in a world where it's showmanship. Right. It has to yeah. happen. You, you have to have that part of it. And then sure. You have to have that period. Yeah. Everything else, like the important shit, no one cares about. But if you've got that too, so be it. All the better for you. Right. Right. All the better yeah. for us, actually. Well, you would you know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, look at you look at Ted Cruz. He's a showman. Oh, God. He is a freaking showman. He is um, the, uh, even, I don't understand why people vote for him, period. He's just so <laughs> slimy. You know, it's just, that he's same, like talking to Skeletor. It's that same Pence mentality. Is uh, he's he's religious. He brings up these religious things. I'm religious, so therefore he must be a good guy. Not realizing that that's an infection. Is that is that is someone, you know, twiddling their thumbs about which people I can screw over to get the votes. You know, and, and you can say the same thing about. Just about any politician, I would even go so far as Bernie. You know, as far as what you have brought up is, Bernie was a dick to the Democrats. You know, he he came into the Democrats' house, and here he is. You know, bringing out truths, but in a very slimy, but, but a very harsh in a very harsh way that that turned off a lot of Democrats from like, voting like for him in the primary. abrupt is different than slimy. I don't even think Pence is as slimy as Ted Cruz. No, Ted Cruz uh, no. is just this the. I don't know. I think I think Ted knows that everybody hates him right Ted's, right off the bat. And he has to come up with these gimmicks. Yeah, as I, you know that that was in college. That was in Senate. I mean, I, yeah, I can't. He, like, he's got, like, he's <laughs> got a, a Kavanaugh vibe. Yeah, like the, Kavanaugh was the same way. Just the minute he opened his mouth, you're like, oh, 
huckster. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. But if when Pence talks, you're like reasonable human being until you hear what he, he can, says. He can fake it. Yeah. He has the affectation to. He can look and sound the part, but you're right. Then you start listening to the words. You go, oh wait a minute. Yeah. But again, we're also <laughs> comparing him to Trump too. Who. Yeah. Come out there and you know try and Mike Ditka you, and then Pence is right after like you know this is real moderate, kind of a nice seeming guy. Like oh god, in comparison, you're you're perfect. Well, that is a, a point that needs to be put out there. Is talking to an individual or a, even a small group of individuals is very vastly different than talking to a crowd. Is you you bring up those same points that you, you and I could talk about. In detail, in depth, for hours on end, you're going to lose a crowd. You can't do that with right. a crowd of 30,000 or 50,000 people at your rally. You have to come out like Obama, say hope, you know, and he he was handcuffed when he went in, and I, I, have, some, well, I have some problems with Obama's administration well, and what they did and how they did it, but... That's how we won. But I we, mean, but he, we've talked about, the crowd. about also having a simple message. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you're a huckster if you have a simple message. It doesn't necessarily mean you're a huckster. Because yeah, yeah. Trump's message is right. fairly simple. <laughs> right, right. But it's exactly, you're right. No, no. But I'm just saying, but, but Obama's success was built on, in 2008, was built on you know hope and change. Mm-hmm. And that simplistic message that had the stuff behind it, but you have to have the easily digestible thing to put down. Trump, make America great again. I mean, we've talked about how that was easily digestible. Where, you know, it worked. I mean... Along with little, you know, uh, colluding with the enemy. Um, it's the show. But it's the show, the, 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 is the delivery system. Right. And if your message is shit, and Obama's wasn't, there was there was a, a, an ideological base and a, and a thoughtful base right. behind the things that he wanted to get done. So the, the delivery system of the show actually paid off. Right. Right, but he in had some it, respect. He had policy substance behind it. Right. But it, you don't even get to the policy substance until. You have the message that opens up people to go, oh, who is this guy? This is interesting. The things he, how he's, I mean, you try and go back to 2008, all the things that made people excited about Obama. In 2012, there was enthusiasm. There wasn't excitement like there was in 2008. I think in 2008, there was genuine excitement for this guy. Mm -hmm. And he didn't fulfill everything that people had hoped he was going to. Uh... But the excitement of 2008 was largely that message of hope and change. There was there was substance behind it, but how he delivered it, how he spoke, he spoke in hopeful. He was not angry. He was not an angry person. Right. He spoke about that. You know, our best days are in front of us. I mean, he used a lot of he, in a lot of so ways. Wide. In a lot of ways, <laughs> he spoke like Ronald Reagan. Yeah. I mean. That same, the words were different, but the, the words were exactly the same. Well, in some chances, yeah, so in some said, say, maybe they were, but the, yeah, but the, we were comparing the, Reagan. The, the tone was the same. I mean, the tone was the same. Mm-hmm. Hopeful and uh, you know, looking forward, not backward, and um, and people were genuinely excited for that after eight years of what the fuck just happened here, right. um, and now after just two years of what the <clears throat> fuck is this shit show. People are really, you know, going, oh, my God, please, something. So let's look at this crop. So Cortez has the show. Cortez had a lot of the show. You know, she was really a, a good show person. Um, does she have the, the ideological backing to, 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 to deliver on the show? 
To the masses, I believe so. To the levers of power, no. I, I don't think Well, that's what counts, the levers of power. Yeah. So let's see. Let's say let's say Nancy Pelosi had a better show. Would she be... Uh, uh, she would be way more powerful, because she has... Would she be more popular, though? You know, I don't think she... I, I honestly don't think she... She is somebody who doesn't really deal in popularity. No, but if she had the show, if she could put on the show, like if she had the Obama show, or even a Trump. But, but here's what I guess I'm saying: if she had the Obama show, she <laughs> she wouldn't get done everything she's gotten done. Like I almost feel like they're mutually exclusive. To a certain extent, for her to be able to get done, she can't, I can't be on front. You know, because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be behind the scenes knifing people in the fucking kidney where I need to. So you need a collusion right. of the two. I mean, probably you need a, someone you, doing the ex- show and you, someone doing the policy. Exactly. I mean, I do think you need that kind of a combination, and I don't think you can be the upfront person and then also be the person behind. You know, you have a you see that in rare circumstances. Like Lyndon Johnson was somebody who could do both. He could knife you in the kidney and at the same time, you know, give a smiling speech. Now that only lasted so long, and obviously his presidency is not viewed as a great success. But uh, but at least in, in in the current time period, I think you need to have you need to have a separation there. I mean, you need to, you need somebody to be your hatchet man. So is that why the the uh, W administration works so well? Maybe, yeah, oh yeah, yeah for sure. them, not for us, but for, <laughs> just just for well, them. Clearly not for us. <laughs> yeah. uh, interesting little tidbit. I'm probably not going to give away the movie here or anything, but interesting Wait, little. How tidbit. does it end? <laughs> interesting little tidbit about Cheney is he had one of his heart attacks while he was campaigning for a Wyoming senator, and his wife took over the mantle, and she did way better as a speaker than Cheney did because he's just not a speaker. His whole why he, and other thing that people don't realize is he was Rumsfeld's lackey when he right. he was a staffer and yeah. that's how he got his start in politics was he was Rumsfeld's lackey and that's how Rumsfeld liked him is he, he wouldn't say anything. He just kept his mouth shut, held his, his cards close to his breast, didn't you know, make any waves, but when it was time to play him, he'd fucking knife you and get you, and here's my cards, and you're fucking done. Get the hell out of here. Um, the 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 shooting of the, the 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 lobbyist in Texas was a perfect example. Perfect example. He did nothing. Did nothing when the news came out and said, you know, we should go make up with him. And he went out there and he fucking shot him, and that's how that ended. Boom. Done. I'm going to knife you. Here's my cards. You can't do anything about it. So you have to have that. You have to have the quiet man who is willing to gather up the go fish cards and, and wait to play them, you know. <laughs> and he's holding all the cards. When you're holding none, game over, you know. And, so and that's the, the why Trump doesn't work. Because he has no cards. Well, he has, he has too many with... with Aces. No, like he, the the, the suits. The suits have been split up, so no one holds a good hand Trump right now. Trump is playing go fish, and everyone else is playing Texas Hold'em. Well, I mean, I don't. He doesn't have. He doesn't. I don't. So I, I don't think Trump is as conniving and as evil as Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney is an evil kind of guy. He's 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 a very. Yeah, I don't. I agree with you. I don't think Trump is. I don't nefarious. think conniving applies to Trump. No, because conniving implies certain. It implies a certain amount of intelligence, and right. I just don't think you can give it to Trump. 
And so he doesn't have the cards, I don't think. Right. He doesn't he doesn't take the time to collect the cards or the knowledge. Yeah. He just so, you know, he's just stabbing people in livers. Right. Arbitrarily. Right. Here's one for you. And here's one for you. And go back. Team five, here's one for you. <laughs> and you'll find leaders like that throughout history who didn't make it very far. You know right. what I mean? And that's kind of my hope for Trump is is he is that kind of that dolt about all of the things that he's involved in and people are playing him and pretty soon they're going to just play him right out of the hand you know they so you know Keith Olbermann said today that uh <laughs> and this is Keith Olbermann by the way he is prophesizing a uh, a quick resignation from Trump mm-hmm. yeah I, you know Olbermann was I, I think if you watched any, I watched every episode of his little series on GQ about Trump, and he finally ended it with, you know, geez, the, the, here's all the signs. There are big red lit up signs in the air. I guess I can end right now because, you know, one of these three things is going to happen. And I think one of those three things is going to happen, but I what do are think. What are the three things? Uh, that he'll resign, that he'll be, you know, prosecuted. It'll be our first, first president that we actually indict and prosecute as a president because. Our, our laws and will our, our our justice system will take over and realize what's really happening here, and the third one was that he'll get you know end his term and and walk away scot free and then there's nothing that we could do about that you know it's, 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 I'm just cool with walking away right now but so I, I mean I got to know I like Oberman on this MSNBC show I liked him on Sports Center way back in the day but then he got really too ranty even for me right well I mean that's he, he did his career. Damaged by you know, his I, O'Reilly I, fight, was probably right? I mean, it got, and the thing was, it didn't matter that he was right, right? It, <laughs> it, I mean, unfortunately, it was it, he, he, but the inability to, he, he had an inability to kind of step back and just, just chill for a bit. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he, he got, he, he went over to the top too much, okay. but constant sense of outrage, and I get it. I could, we could all three of us probably be in a constant state of outrage. Right, and the thing was, he, he didn't stay coherent. That's what happened. Yeah, I mean, you you get incoherent, which, you know, I certainly understand that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? No. <laughs> you get a little ranty, and the next thing you know. Yeah, I was thinking, so defense mm-hmm. secretary, that job's currently up. What's that kid that did the uh, the presentation doing right now? Yeah, maybe. I want the yeah. kid who cut the lawn. That's who I want. I mean, he's just as qualified as anybody. <laughs> yeah. no, but this kid actually forgets real things. The kid that did the TV presentation, <laughs> yeah. he like he will say anything to get yeah. the job done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be. Yeah. Probably already hired. He's already. Yeah. He's already, yeah. He's already <laughs> You know, he's probably stopped school. He stopped. He, yeah. he quit school right before he graduated, <laughs> so he could jump in there and take. Yeah, that, well, sure. That That's post. the school going to give him. Well, no one says you have to be a high school graduate to be the defense secretary. Right. It's not actually it's a rule. Bullshit. Who needs that shit? Hey, uh, by the way, I, I wanted to bring to your attention uh, something that's just really beautiful. Uh, now, we know around here, have you, you've seen or heard of the Trump Unity Bridge? No. Have you not heard of the Trump Unity Bridge? There's a, a local... Around bu- here? Yeah, yeah. There's a local businessman named Rob Cordes. Uh, he built the Trump Unity Bridge. It's, a, it's like on a trailer, and it's got big Trump... Written oh, I've not it. seen this. Oh, he's brought it to rallies. It's driven around the area. It's been all over the state. And frankly, I think it's it even went to Washington D.C. for the inauguration. Well, of course it should. And he hauls it around. Um, and uh, and of course now Cordes, by the way, uh, owns a local banquet hall in Greeno Township, the Barnstormers, that was closed by the township because it continually violated all kinds of fire and safety codes <laughs> that he refused to. 
do he also didn't pay his taxes. Well, yeah. Okay. So that you can see why well, he does now. Big shocking that he this guy's a Trump supporter. Uh, anyway, I've so, been there. He he broke a lot more laws than that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have no doubt. I think I've been there. Okay. Yeah, so that anyway, was a, that was a spot. So there's a thing in GoFundMe. Uh, the engine blew on the truck. That oh God, no. Thing. Yes, oh God, no. Blew. So he's asking for twenty thousand dollars. He wants to buy a new truck. Wants to, okay. $20,000 for a diesel tow vehicle. He says, we need $6,000 for a new engine or $20,000 for a diesel tow vehicle. So he puts this on. Uh, it's been on there for 15 days. He's raised $110 of the $20,000. Is that GoFundMe? It oh. is GoFundMe, yes. On GoFundMe. Oh. So you look at it, okay, and you're like, okay. And so the five people that have donated have donated a total of, you know, 120 bucks, whatever, whatever, 110 So the comments. Oh, my God, the beautiful Beautiful. Is there hope for our world? Okay, there is. <laughs> I just wanted to read some of these two. Just Please. a little lighter moment. So this is, these are comments these are, from people who have not donated. No, they're not donating. They, but you, you can comment <laughs> freely on yes, GoFundMe. It's a thing. I bet Maria Butina can arrange some help for you. If not, try Michael Cohen. <laughs> Bless your greedy little Trump-humping heart. You must think everyone is as stupid as you are. Hey, how about getting Mexico to pay for it? <laughs> I wouldn't trust that thing around any Russian urine tankers. <laughs> I'm sending thoughts and prayers out for the busted engine. Maybe it'll be repaired by God's hands and those mechanics won't get any credit for their hard work. Make America great again and drive that garbage to the dump. <laughs> I can offer you bootstraps to pull yourself up by and maybe a thought, but no prayer. Make Ameri- <laughs> make- That's my <laughs> favorite so far. <laughs> make America great again by driving that piece of shit into a lake. <laughs> dump Trump and get a job, loser. Pull up your bootstraps and fix your car yourself. What are you wanting? Socialized car care or something? <laughs> get a job, loser. Uh, how about you get a job like the rest of us? And he goes on and on. Anyway, I well, just in his defense, I, he's he's at the same time they're they're donating for the wall. Yeah, all my know. expendable money went to the wall. Right, that's almost true. almost four million dollars, and they're halfway to their goal of five oh, of a oh billion. God, yeah, did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Yes, holy <laughs> shit, math much? Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and, yeah. <laughs> halfway to a billion. Somebody pointed out, and locally, I saw on Facebook where somebody had you know posted that article, and one of the commenters had said. Because what what have they what have they raised so far? Four, four almost to five million. Five million. Did you check yeah. it recently? Well, it was four at the time of that tweet. It was four I million like six hundred thousand. I think yeah, because the, the the post was it was over five. Yeah. At that point, I think it was seven or eight had been raised at that point, and somebody had linked and said, "Oh, seven eight million dollars has been raised for it." And one of the commenters said, "Oh well, because no, first somebody posted and said yes, but and yet." The, the the Flint still doesn't have clean drinking water. Okay, yeah. fine. And then a commenter to that said, "Well, they've already raised more than the five billion. They've already raised more than the five million, so they can use the rest to, like, seriously thinking that the seven to eight million was more than the five billion. And then a conversation ensued in which it was clear this individual did not understand the difference between." Five million and five billion, and that's indicative of a great yeah. many people who can't conceptualize huge things like this. Yeah, the twenty-one wow. trillion of the Pentagon oh, since you know nineteen trillion. Twenty-one trillion. Might as well just lost. call it a, a Q billion. Yeah, or you a, know, and that's glump billion. It, it doesn't. It, it infuriates you when it doesn't matter to people, but they just think it's like the end of the it. If you ever read the book, 
And Stephen King, at the end of it happens. Spoiler alert, a bunch of kids find their shit monster thing. And when they see it in the book, he said it's this thing that they can sort of call it a spider, but they can't conceptualize it. It's so alien to them. That's what $21 trillion is to people. It's These are people that are dealing in $50 and $100 increments, and that's the make or break for your month. Twenty-one trillion is just beyond. Just you, you can't, you can't mm-hmm. conceptualize that much, right? Yeah. Especially if you've you know never tried. <laughs> so there's that too. Right. I mean, it's twenty-one million million, and that manifests itself. And it has for a long time. Five thousand. It million. manifests itself <laughs> in things like you would see people and still do, uh, who bitch about all the foreign aid we give these countries. You know, all the foreign aid we give off, and you go, you realize all the foreign aid put together is less than one quarter of one percent of the budget. I mean, if you want to have a discussion about foreign aid, that's fine, but the way they talk about it is if we're just giving it all away, and you're like, we're giving... Because those are numbers they can wrap their minds around. Those are numbers that are on game shows. Yeah. Right. If someone's... Who wants to be a millionaire? That's a million dollars. That's a huge thing. So 500 million is is still in the the realm of reason. Right. We're giving 500 million to Egypt. What? Imagine what I could do with 500 million. I could buy every tractor ever. (laughs) (laughs) I could send my kid to a school where he can learn about TV production in 1942. Yes, that would be great TV coverage (laughs) in World War II. Uh, This just in. Well, he saw it on TV. I, I, he must have. I, yeah, that's, that's, what, like, that's what it was. Well, how could how could they right. get it from there to here? It's, it's, <laughs> our TVs just hold all the stuff, right? Oh my god! It's anyway. like explaining how the internet works to my dad. <laughs> it's kind of like radio. <laughs> that's, that's all I got for you. <laughs> kind of like <laughs> you know how radio works. Yeah, they play stuff and it shoots through the air, and then little particles hit my antenna. Like, yeah, it's exactly how this is, except it's through a cable. Oh, like cable? Yeah, like cable! <laughs> it's just like cable. So there are tubes. There's big tubes. <laughs> so you're saying there's tubes then? Tubes filled with knowledge. <laughs> and when you access that tube, it shoots it right to your computer. <laughs> it's like the, the shoot at the bank. Ah. When you drive up. Boom! Foosh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and still, none of them, I mean, especially older people, have no idea that... Everything is monitored. Everything. Oh, yeah. Their cell phone, their conversations. They're giving away all of these rights, yet it is somehow, you know, the Democrats' fault for for letting that happen. And and it was really a Republican push to have these things happen after 9-11. I don't think anyone says the Democrat. It's not the Democrat. It's not even a thing anymore. It's it's, it's just become uh, a daily you know, there's well, no, no blame attached. It's just how <laughs> things happen, and that's the dangerous part about this stuff. And it becomes the new normal. So now giving away all your data, it's just the new normal. It's no one yep. to blame. It's just, you know, like weather now. Our kids do not, it, it doesn't bother them in the least that they give away all their information. They do it daily. Well, they, and it doesn't, they I mean, even do it on social a, media. A, they don't even know they're doing it. But even when they do know, it's not it, where for us, we go, well, wait, I better think, hold on. At least we are. We pause to think. We still give it away, but we pause to think about it, and maybe we don't in certain circumstances where we have the power not to. For them, they don't. Well, they, I mean, they're social shares. Yeah, it's it's part of the transaction of of, of modern life, they, and it's you know, but they'll give away deep, dark, personal soup yeah. stuff online to anybody, and it's just a thing they do now. I get, I get, so I've noticed this change in students. So I get a bunch of students in, and before when I'd say, "So you cheated on this," they would lie. Hmm. Ten years ago, they would lie. Now they're like, "No, yeah, you're right. Totally did, and this is why." Well, you know, <laughs> we're all honest here. 
Like, yeah, you're... You're wow. honest, and you just got a zero. Yeah, and they would have gotten a zero anyway. But it, this is this is a, a kind of like how they run their lives now. Mm-hmm. You see, like you scroll through on the Facebook or what have you, and someone is on there just you know pouring out their deepest, most heartfelt desires or their depression or you know uh, what what's going on in their lives, and you're like, I wouldn't like probably tell maybe three people this live. Yeah, you know, a very very right. close group of people. But now it is all over. So why do they care about? Social security numbers. I mean, we, like you that. see these stories every day, every day, of people that post stuff, even on Facebook, but wherever. And still, it's clear that they don't have any idea. Like, everyone will see. Like, they post it on their page, and they somehow think just their friends will see it. And you're like, no. So, like, for instance, the guy that worked, uh, he was part of the crew that was helping to clean up the fire damage in California. And so he's posing... With he's he's in, he's taking funny pictures, funny with air quotes around it, of people's burned out homes, of uh, animal carcasses, and he's like you know smiling, hey, and putting them on his Facebook page. I mean, completely inappropriate. And of course, he gets fired, and he's blaming the rest of the world because. And you're like, but why are you? First of all, what does it say about you as a person that you would do this? But let's put that to the side for a minute. And whose friends think that's funny? Right. So, <laughs> but the you, you and your friends. But and the guy's an adult, and he's posting this shit, and you're like, you know that this is why? Why? What would make you want to post it? Number one, mm-hmm. much less take the picture. But what makes you want to post that picture? And then have the expectation that like that's not going to negatively impact you. In some way, even if it doesn't affect your job, which in this case it did, even if it wouldn't affect you, like how what other people think of you, what your friends would think of you, like your friends would be like, "You're a sick fuck, fuck you, unfriend." Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I, I just this social media culture that we've created, and I don't know how we get the hell out of it. Well, no, we don't. You have to you know, well, accept I mean, it and adapt. Yeah, I, you know, and be the you know how, there's more power in in like I, you know. There's just shit that happens in my life that I would never think of posting online, you know. You know, I see people like mom died today at seven fourteen a.m. and you know, and like I like, what, why are you posting this? Are you trolling yeah. for comments? Yeah. Do you want Sim? Do you want? I mean, I get wanting the world to know, but does the world need to know? You know, and I I don't I don't understand it, and it's, I think that's a big thing that that Trump does, is he has no problem sharing everything, you know, socially. Right. I'm not talking about the policy because he does enough of that anyway, you know, to like Russian journalists and things. But um, this is—it's—he's it, all part of that sharing sort of thing where the the world sees your ass, mm-hmm. and that's not right for anyone. And it goes back to that: I'm always right. You know, me and mine are—you know—I'm I, I, all for in, inclusivity, um, but the point of it is—is is, there are lines. I mean, even, you know, uh, soldiers on the battlefield are doing this shit now. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they are taking their phones and they're making these videos and they're, they're, they're thinking that they are right in their own mind and in their friend's mind and their battalion's mind. They, they get no flack back until it hits the world and the world goes, ah, what are you doing? And they can't understand it. They just they, they put up this mental block of the rest of the world is, is wrong and I'm right. I should be able to do this. I'm the one on the line. I'm the one out here doing it. Fuck all you all. And 
that is a problem. That is a problem that I, I really think that the, our news and, and the way that we're, we're working so hard and we don't care about our other humans anymore because it's such a cutthroat fucking world now. And and I, I posted on our page the, the one from it's a, it's a Wonderful Life, and it's been going on forever. I mean, these, these are, once again, human nature things that... I don't know how to combat other than with knowledge, and it's a very slow process with that. You know, I was once again watching C-SPAN, the guy from the Constitution um, Society, he, he brought on the religious guy. You know, religion in the Constitution, how it became these things are in our Constitution that are about religion, and even that guy was getting, like, after, after the thing was done, was getting questions questioning him. He's a historian who spent his whole fucking life trying to figure out why he is religious, but he wants to know why they've been compiled together even when we have this thing in our Constitution that says separation of church and state. But yet, here are all these things that came out of religion that are in our Constitution, and let's talk about them. And still, that wall got put up from... I mean, these are people who are in an audience at a C-SPAN thing. These are crazier people than me. And they have that wall up. They have this... This, I am right, <clears throat> that's it. And that is the biggest problem we face right now, is there is no other way to tell them they're wrong other than send them to a judge and have them go away in handcuffs. And a lot of these things are not illegal. They're just in bad taste, or in bad ethics, or bad morals. Maybe the key is to just have a uh, country policy of unfriending. Hmm. You know? ostracizing people is historically been a really good way to change behavior. But now, do you unfollow a country first before you unfriend them? No, you gotta let them know. Okay. Unfollowing, they don't know. Well, so right, right. I saw that uh, Europe and Australia want a separate internet from America now. They want they want their own deal. They don't they don't want to hear our bullshit because they realize that we're just so caught up in these things that we can't tell fact from fiction and we can't, you know, we have a Fox News, we have all these guys, and it's infecting the world, so they're saying, we're going to just cut you guys off, we'll have, I mean, even Amazon. Amazon has their own, you know, ways of selling to different countries, and mm -hmm. Amazon, uh, you know, Canada, Amazon Europe, all of these people are doing that, are unfriending the people who don't make the money. So I, I, whether or not the shucksters are going to continue. John, Rob's, John's going to want to unfriend both of us right now. Hey, I think that's, he, he, just picked up his, he just picked up his phone. <laughs> no, I was, well, you talked about unfriending if they don't make you money. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Trump better unfriend the Dow Jones because it's, oh, God, it's down 400 it. points at this point in the day. Dun, 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 and, you know, I forgot about an a interesting little tidbit about middle America and their connection with the with the Dow Jones, with the Wall Street, is people take loans out on their portfolio, mm -hmm. basically. And, and when it goes down like this at the end of a year, so it's called a margin call. And you got to pay up whatever you loaned out right now to make yourself whole to start the new year or to start the new quarter or all of these things. And those are the things that will hit those people going, oh, wait a minute, 20 grand. Check out your 401k. Right, and, you know, that's that's another thing that, you know, that, that will hurt us in the long run, but nobody, once again, is looking at anything long run anymore. Well, know? they are. Just, it just, uh, it's, it does, it's not profitable to make people aware of the long run. Yeah. It, I mean, it personally, like, like, to the, to the, 
uh, yeah, to, to leadership. The in, to, to the individual either, too. You know, I mean. Oh, yeah, if you look at the long run, then you got to do more work now. Right. And plan and actually think. And, right. Well, fuck that. Well, and, you know, I don't know if you guys read Seth Abramson. He had a one over the holidays where he kind of pieced out that Russia was just a small part of this. Is a new power axis is 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 becoming born right now is you know the the old leaders are being shoved out and the new leaders are coming in and the new leaders used to be our enemies and and the spin is going out that you know Saudi Arabia for example oh Saudi Arabia is going to come in and clean it up this was our president talking and why should America have to pay for that you know what nobody was asking America to pay for that I mean we have 2,000 troops there we're, we're obviously not a big player in that in that war we're almost there as like a Almost like a peacekeeping. Well, think trip. of that number, though two thousand. Mm-hmm. That's a massive number to a guy that deals in tens, and, right? You know, and twenties. But the real reason is why America would go in there and pay money to prop them up is to gain their support and gain their gain their resources that they have in their country. It goes back to the you know what is it the uh, the. All oh, the economic hitmen of the world going around and and figuring out where they can make their next play on that big risk board um, came up in the Iraq War. Iraq, you know, now we know had none of the stuff that was being told of us. And I, Wait, I, I was what? And, and I think everyone who was on my angry side—I was much angrier in the in the Bush. It's kind of strange. I was much angrier in the Bush administration than I am in the Trump administration. Because I kind of see through his stuff. and, and mellowed with age. Could be I mellowed with age, but at that time, I, I saw it clearly is we're going into Iraq to get their oil. Yeah. I mean, and that is the one document that this ghost has left behind is a big map of all the countries who wanted to get in on that, on that deal when we went into Iraq. And why the rest of America was so pissed off that Bush... One didn't finish the job, you know, and, and all of those things were were being played out by these economic hitmen of the world. And yes, they're evil in their own aspects, but once again, they had these reins on them. There were the reins of of power that would tell them, no, you can't go do that right now. This will look bad on me, you know. But now, in this day and age. They realize that it doesn't matter. There's no cost to pay when this shit happens. You just got to weather it for three to six months, and then people forget. Yeah, and well, and then the notion that the nationalism doesn't allow for you know uh, investing in the world and isolationism and nationalism is what we've got going on right now. Well, and you know the funny thing is, is the whole thing about okay, so we went in there for the oil. For the people that were saying that at the time who were outright dismissed as the Cassandras and the Alarmists and the overblown, ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, you got the thing is, looking back, we look back at it now, we have all the knowledge of what happened between then and now, and so we look back through it through that lens. But if you can somehow put yourself back in that moment, not knowing what's going to happen, but seeing it for what it was... And it was absolutely right. I mean, of course we were going in there for the oil. Mm-hmm. And it had nothing to do with bringing freedom or demise. It was all fucking bullshit. And well, you know, the uh, people that said that, though, were marginalized, as they always are. And yet they're the ones proven right, as they almost always are. The ones that are marginalized, usually at the beginning, are the ones that are closest to the truth. 
they have to be taken off the chessboard. Well, that was a selling point for Trump during the campaign, remember? I never wanted yeah. to go into Iraq. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, whatever. I mean, that was, and it's funny you bring that up. In a microcosm, that was, that's where we should, because the Republican response to that was, there was a little pushback from the Republican establishment. Like, well, hey, no, we still believe in that shit. But most of them went, okay, and just shrugged it off and mm-hmm. were like, like those eight years never happened. Mm-hmm. They just shrug. Oh, yep, you're right. That sucked. Still aren't happening. Yeah, <laughs> and that was that was a, a key indicator of what was to come. That mm-hmm. That's this party, this ideology. There is no fixed point. It has no anchor. I mean, it used to have it's an anchor. Just, it, the anchor, the, the anchor has been severed, and now it just it gravitates towards power. Right, right. wherever the power is, it moves towards. Mm-hmm. Before it had an anchor, and power could come near it. It could maybe grab power, but it was like these are you know these are the this is the anchor in our principles and whatever, and now that anchor has been severed and it just drifts. And you could say that about both parties to a certain extent. Sure, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean uh, Hillary was up there too. I mean, and and saying the same the same taglines. Uh, uh, we don't from this smoking gun. We don't want a mushroom cloud. That I will. Was, say, you're that right. Was, that was the tagline for all of. But them. I will give her credit that she did then say I made a mistake. Yes, she did at least say later I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Whereas most of the on the Republican side could not bring themselves to say that. They just just wanted to let's talk about something else, please. And you do have to remember the guy who you know is showing the pictures of the the dead deer out in the forest, and the guy who's out there on the the battle line putting his Facebook video up there. He was just absolutely outright angered that that happened and wanted to kill someone. I mean, that, that was their mentality at the time. We just need to kill whoever did this. Now, go. We don't care who it is. Just go kill. Go, go, go. 9/11. Yeah, right after 9-11. You know, this, this has never happened. We were all scared. We gave away all these powers to, you know, government, and they could, you know, tap your phone without a warrant. They could uh, tap every overseas call without a warrant. They could... They, <laughs> they came back to haunt them. Yeah, and, you know, all of those bit. things, all of those things they gave away in their anger and fear, which was stoked, don't get me wrong, which was stoked at the time, but that mentality is out there, and, and it has to be fought somehow. You have to show them that this is the way, you know, going back to the immigration thing. How we have such a problem on our southern border is we have basically cut ties with South America. We have, you know, we, we, we don't get into these countries where these problems are happening and, and try to squash using our great might and morals and ethics and laws and show people what a democratic system is so that they can aspire to it they they only see well i got to go to america to get that they they don't see it being spread around the world any longer it is just these dictators that are just scooping up the power that we're leaving on the table that we just here you go right same thing with saddam hussein i mean everybody was telling them at the time i mean george george one knew Israel was telling them. Everyone was telling them Saddam is not that big of a threat around here. He is a stabilization force. He he's ruthless. He's evil. His sons are complete assholes. But that's what it takes to govern this populace who is fully That's what it takes to govern a country that was created out of nothing. Well, created was, out of it nothing. It was a political entity that took three tribes and said you're now a, you're now a nation. 
and they're all like, but we all hate each other. Uh-huh. You're now a nation. Right. Well, good, good luck. Well, he was using, you know, Saddam came in and, and was trying to use the religion, you know, same same tricks, you know, using right. religion I, I, to I'm just separating his forces. And you, you, what, 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 Iraq was, I mean, look at Iraq on a map. There's a lot of straight lines that go through a desert. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, those, are, those are written, those are drawn purposely. Yeah. And these are drawn by the British at the end of World War One. Mm-hmm. They they made, they created a country for their own national interest right. because they wanted the oil. Yeah. And again, you took, paying zero attention to the, to the region itself, to the politics, to the tribal culture, to any of that, and just saying these three peoples are going to put you together, the Shiites, the Shia, and the Kurds. Here, you're now a country. Good luck. We don't care that you all hate each other. How do you hold that together? Well, you only hold it together with a dictator, frankly. Right. I mean, so for it to be a stabilization force, I mean, yeah. And, and so when George Bush comes in, I mean, this is George W. comes in. Yeah, first. The, the lack of awareness that there's even a difference between Shiite and Shia. I mean, mm-hmm. I still bang my head up against a brick wall when you think about that. Having no idea. I mean, oh, my God. To go into that region and have no idea of, like, I mean, it, it really is like, it, it is like playing with dynamite and having no idea that it's explosive. You know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is fun. You know? I mean, it's the guys and, on the wagon with I mean, the nitroglycerin right. taking it through the desert. They just have no fucking clue what they got behind. They're playing catch with it. Hey, this stuff's fun. All right. Hey. You know, and having no clue, literally no clue. That stuff will blow up. Hey. Okay. So. And it did. And it did. <laughs> it still is. So I mean, we can we look at the same thing now. It's just it's just worse now uh, as far as the clueless level goes. That whole the whole pull out of Syria, just bad idea. But you know, and the, the sanctions was, was it was just a gift to Putin. It was orders right. from Putin. How anybody can see it any differently is Putin saw the walls closing in on Trump and said, "You got to give me the shit that I that I asked for at the beginning." Right. Now. You got to give it to me now. Do it, or I'm going to do this. And, and I think that was Turkey <laughs> or too. A video might get sent. Yeah, I think that was Turkey too. I, I think Turkey is in cahoots with Russia, and Turkey right. laid some shit on the table that Donald did want and said, "Okay, we'll get out." Kurds. that we were warned about is coming to pass. Yeah, we, we, and we as the American people, the elected, ignored it. Uh, at least a, 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 a good percentage of them did. Well, I mean, I well, we have yeah. half. Even you, know. you two, <laughs> but a good percentage. Right. I mean, even yeah. you two still haven't read the Steele dossier. You know, that, that's my point. Is 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 that was, and you have to really think. I'm waiting after. for the movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I can't say that I read every word of it, but what saw you know, and it kind of goes to that Hillary mentality I have too of of people in power. Power corrupts. Absolutely, basically, you know, is these Clintons, even in their, in even in all their good deeds, even all in all of the good things that they did, they were still playing dirty. You know what I mean? And, and it might not be any dirtier than anybody else, right? But you cannot say that they weren't using a pay-for-play because the, the the donations dropped off as soon as she was as soon as she was not Secretary of State. Whoop, no more donations. I mean, that is the, the smoking gun right there. Now, was she getting stuff done that people wanted that were actually moral and, and yeah, ethical? But, but but the thing is, she's being held to a standard that no one else was ever held to. I mean, right. I'm sorry, have you ever heard of the Carlisle group? Yeah, I, I, okay. exactly, exactly. So Republicans have been playing that game forever with their think tanks and their 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 you know consultancies 
And so, yeah, uh, yes. Did they do it to the Clintons? Yeah, of course they did. And, and in my, That's how it's played. And and in my somehow when, when, when Democrats play the game, oh, you're dirty, dirty as shit. When, they, when the Republicans are they're like, oh, this sounds done. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of that double standard. Fuck well, that. I just go on the five. Either it all goes, or it's it's either all in or it's all out. Yeah. And if 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 we're going to allow Republicans to do it, then the only way you can compete, frankly, is that Democrats get to do it too. So I'm not going to hold her to the standard of the Clinton Foundation. I mean, they make all this shit up, frankly, yes. about it, and you know, they sold them the uranium. And no, they didn't sell them uranium. One big difference is it, um, no one shut down her foundation. Yeah. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> bad enough to where the laws could be, you know, said. Well, this is it. And that was Comey's final ruling, and why he came out ahead of everybody else. The Justice Department was, is he had that same, you know, same mentality of, it is bad, but the administrations before it did it, the administrations after will do it. Did she know? Could she, can we pin her on? She knew that this was wrong. No, I can't pin you on this in right. a court of law. So I'm not going to prosecute. I'm not going to send the country through this right before an election. I'm I, I'm going to come out and say right. that this is right. this is enough is enough. Thank Let's you. Be done. Thank you, Jim Comey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, slightly late. The, the other thing was in that Cheney. Administration. That was who they were battling. Was Jim Comey. I know. You know. I, I mean, I, I as, know as, story, as these these wax balls get big and fat and ugly and full of flies hey, and ointments hey, and hey, you know the things. Me and David are right here. You <laughs> cannot talk about us. I'm not a wax ball. I'm a cellulite ball. But yeah. it's it's all dirty, and I have to go on the five percent. If there's five percent of all of it that I hear, which is the steel dossier, I, I took that that motto into hand. If there's five percent here that just absolutely just drives me insane, I have to be against that. I, whether or not the other ninety five percent is wrong, there's five percent right. here I, that I, is I, just absolutely I, fucked up. And I think I think it's higher than five percent. Yeah, and, what if, what if you know, no one is. No I one think is, it might be reverse. Yeah. I think the ninety five percent is true, and there might be five percent. What if the five percent of it that's true is the stuff that you don't mind and actually kind of like? And I think that's the other side. <laughs> I think that's the other side. You know, yeah. that, that's like, hey, the, the the politicians are all corrupt. I want a corrupt gangster who's on my side. No, I'm like, like the five percent, like 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 in there, there's like five percent of the dossier. Let's say that says Trump like gave some money to some orphans. And then, you know, bought a coffee for the guy behind him in line. And that that 5% happens to be the true 5%, and, and we don't see it. We don't see it. Is he going to talk to the orphans? No, just give money. Is it Christmas time? You know, and by buying coffee for the guy behind him, he just overpaid, and they didn't tell him. Oh, okay. And they just handed the guy a coffee. You know, <laughs> Do you want the smoker? He just got left without it. <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. That'll be 10 bucks. <laughs> 10, 10 rubles. This song is called Baby Don't You Cry.
more episodes of the no cry zone at the no cry tweet rob john and dave at no cry zone and find the no cry zone on facebook listen to every abnormal entertainment show on google play apple podcasts our youtube channel or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts and don't forget to visit abnormal you've been listening to the abnormal entertainment network